0: When you hear the word community, what does that mean to you?
1: It means joy to me. It means people uh, coming together. It means um, raising a barn. I guess we don't raise barns too much anymore, but uh, uh, I mean, in ways, has raised a lot of barns. We started helping people with home repairs and then let's, let's start building houses. And uh, um, it means... Um, it means to people the petty side of people, and yeah. uh, the, you know, but when you make a commitment to each other, mm-hmm. uh, you you've made a promise to to talk it out. Yeah, and to it's so easy in I think in the in the U.S. Not so much in rural. Maybe that's why I like the rural mm-hmm. uh, life better. Is but you know I it's it's if. You suddenly you don't like somebody or you don't like this church or you don't like you don't you just move you just go away mm-hmm. but in community you've made a, at least the an intentional community like koinonia uh but i think i've seen it beyond koinonia for sure you are there for the good times and the bad times
0: yeah and uh
1: you're you're you make a commitment to um to work it out yeah. So we serve God at and place uh, at and through this place called Koinonia, and uh, uh, we're there to support each other and to support um, uh, our town as much as we can and in the ways we can. Most of which, as, as I say, are very very small and quiet.
0: So. Yeah. Welcome to the Americas Podcast. My name is John Schroeder, and today I am joined by Bryn Dubay. Bryn Dubay is the director of Cornelia Farm, uh, which means that she oversees a lot of the mission and vision of the community. Um, She also helps with uh, the training and uh, and just helping people understand what Cornelia is all about. And so, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming and joining us on the podcast.
1: Well, John, I really appreciated the invitation
0: yes yes well it has been a a blessing to me so um for Coming into Americus in around March of last year, uh, I did a few things. I read a little bit about Americus. I started reading books, um, started reading articles, just because I wanted to get to know the city. Uh, And I read about, for example, the 2007 tornado uh, that really affected the city uh, and the surrounding county. And so, But another book that I read uh, was a book called um, The Class of 65 um, that had to do with Cornelio. And Americus. And Mm -hmm. so I read that uh, and it was, it was, it was challenging. It was um, uh, something that Uh, It really helped me understand a little bit of the history of both Cornelia and Americus. Um, But when I came into Americus, I didn't know how to connect uh, with Quinenia. So I had a friend of mine uh, who told me about you, gave me your number and I called you and you were so welcoming. Um, You were so um, uh, just hospitable to me. And then you invited me uh, to the farm for lunch. I got a brief tour of the place. And so now we're here sitting uh, at the podcast. And so again, thank you so much for your hospitality, Thank you so much uh, for uh, just being a part of the community um, and for sharing a little bit of your story. So um, when we fill out the online forms, one of the questions we ask is, are you born and raised in Americus? You're not from Americus, but you've right. been living here for a long time. So tell me a little bit about, uh, about you. Tell me about where you have born, uh, where you're raised. Tell me a little bit about your family dynamics.
1: Okay. I um, am from Texas. I was uh, born in um, Angleton, Texas, which was a Small Texas town on the Gulf Coast, okay, and um, really, turns out it was only about fifty miles from Houston, but when I was a a child Houston was this big, scary thing, miles and miles universe yeah. away. <laughs> and um, I uh, was raised by my grandparents okay, and um, uh, spent though, a lot of time in my godparents' restaurant okay in uh, in Angleton. It was called the Angleton Grill. Nice, and that's where I. What did learned, they serve there? Well, it was uh, great food. My my godmother could make the best pies and cakes you ever wanted to, to taste. It. But they had a a, a steam table, and um, I, I particularly liked uh, the mashed potatoes. Mm. I remember as a child really enjoying the the mashed potatoes. That's great. And but I learned how to uh, ride my trike in that restaurant after hours, of course. Yes. Um, learned to walk in that restaurant, said my Mm. first sentence in that restaurant. So when I think of Angleton, I think of uh, it was a very magical time. Mm. Uh, We lived in a lot of different places in Texas, ultimately. um, But uh, those were my formative years. And that restaurant is kind of a uh, I'll, I'll always come back to that angleton grill
0: yeah yeah well what was what was life like uh as far as you like personally what was your personality were you a very chippy per person were you kind of an introvert kind of what was your what was your life like growing up i
1: guess i would say i was a very imaginative person uh, using my imagination quite a quite a bit uh there was a point in angleton when we lived uh, down the street from the library Okay. And I just fell in love with books, and I guess I was an introvert, mm-hmm. um, unless I was acting something out or singing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know? And uh, uh, I would go to the library, check out lots of books, go outside, climb into a big oak tree, read all the books, and come back in and turn them in and, and check out some more. I so. Love it. So I was a, you know, reading was very, very important to me. So
0: okay, what what were some of the books that you were reading?
1: Oh my goodness, um, uh, that's a long time ago since yeah. I, <laughs> I was a child. But I remember reading a book, um, uh, and I don't. Uh, it, it was a, it was, a it was a picture book. Early on, it was a picture book. I remember that, but it had uh, pictures of saints. Okay. And I didn't know what a saint was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided that I wanted to be one, even though I didn't didn't know what they were. Uh, of course, I grew up and realized that. Uh, uh, well, i married a saint, but I'm not the saint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's great. So, so being creative, did you, did you, uh, do any, uh, plays growing up or did you get a chance to do any, uh, music or instruments or anything like that?
1: Right. I dabbled in instruments a little bit, not anything, uh, serious. Um, I wrote my first play in the seventh grade. Um, I really didn't fully get into acting until the end of of uh, high school. Actually, I think that was probably from being uh, shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in college, I was a, a theater major. Actually,
0: wow, that's and, great! Uh,
1: also, church history, theology, philosophy, uh, his, history. I loved all of the the subjects. But I, I I worked in professional theater for for most of my life until. Uh, wow. coming to America. So even though in 2011, I got to uh, be a part of a play at uh, with oh, the Sumter Players, really enjoyed that. Wish I had more time to do things like that.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, my son does a few plays and uh, he really enjoys uh, the theater and things mm-hmm. like that and just mm-hmm. being a part of just creating that story. Yeah. Um, and so, well, let me ask you this. In light of that then, if we're looking into just kind of that play uh, did, were your parents encouraging, uh, that kind of career path? I mean, what, what did they want for you? What was kind of experience just kind of growing up with, with those dynamics? Well,
1: like I said, I live with my grandparents and, um, um I don't come from a background of, of, uh, uh, um, what should I say? I'm, I was a poor kid and, uh, my family didn't have, uh, an education and, um, but they loved me and, you know, if I wanted to go to the library all day, that was fine. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I was always encouraged, but uh, I never really talked to them about a career path. It just sort of unfolded.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, like in the outdoors, kind of what were your activities outside? Well,
1: I, I love uh, sports. I love Baseball is a passion of mine. Wow. I, uh, up to me, baseball is poetry. It's like this beautiful uh, dance. And, uh, I didn't get to play too much because Mm -hmm. I was kind of on the cusp there where, uh, girls didn't get to do very much. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I had stayed in Angleton, I would have gotten to play basketball, which is one of my regrets because, uh, because we moved, uh, somewhere else and, you know, girls could be on the drill team, but they couldn't, you know, they, they didn't play sports, but I loved, uh, volleyball. I loved, uh, Uh, Soccer. I did play soccer as an adult. Uh, That's great. Broke my finger twice and was being rolled into the operating room. And the nurse said, what happened to you? And I said, I was playing soccer and there was this pause. And she said, I thought you played that with your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, goalie. Yeah. I was about (laughs) to say, you must've been the goalie. I was the goalie. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Um, No, that's that's great. I mean, sports uh, obviously is a great way for community too, right? to meet people and connect in that yeah. way. Um, so do you do you still follow sports now as far as like, with baseball?
1: i I certainly do, and I have to be very careful because yeah. I know. I know I'm in Atlanta Braves territory Mm -hmm. and I I like the Braves. I I like them, but the Houston Astros, I, I, you know, I mean, that's where I grew up and I'm very passionate about the, about the team, even when they do silly things.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) That's great. All right. So you're in high school, you're, 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 what, what kind of person were you like in high school? Um, What were the dynamics going on? What were some, maybe some challenges, obstacles, uh, things that you enjoyed about uh, high school?
1: um well, w- one of the things that popped into my my mind is, um I was uh, president of the German club. Now, I could not speak a word of German to you right now, but I was president of the German club and we would have these bake sales. Okay. And I was just very passionate about the club. And I knew that we needed to sell these cakes to, in order to do the things that we wanted to do as a, as a club. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time convincing people at, uh, you know, local stores and shopping malls and things like that to please, uh, buy our pies and cakes. So, <laughs> So <laughs> no, I was a, I was a good student. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really had some great um, teachers. Um, had a great math teacher. Mm. If I didn't have a great math teacher, I wasn't so good in math. But if I had one that was really, uh, really could explain things to me, I could I could I could do it. But a couple of times in high school, I yeah. sort of stumbled over the over the math. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah. Well, so, okay. So if you're sitting there, you're in high school, you're thinking about college. Um, where, where do you go? Where, where are you thinking about going and where do you end up?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, again, because I guess because of my family background, I didn't have a lot of, of, um, um, talks about going to, I mean, I, Everybody knew I was going to go to college. I knew yeah. I was going to go to college. But there wasn't, you know, the college visits and going and and, and and reading a whole lot of information. I mean, then you didn't have the Internet for sure. So yeah. um, I ended up going first to the, um, uh, the local community college. Okay. And then after that, I um, uh, went to... University of Saint Thomas in in Houston it was a graduate school. Right? By graduate school is when I really did a lot of the searching and figuring out. I had uh, a scholarship to the University of Toronto and to Harvard for graduate school in um, church history. Actually, wow! And um, so that was that was more of the time a time when I really was doing the the. You know, looking and reading
0: and yeah, and, and applying. So, what was drawing you to church history, theology? Where did that come Th- from? That
1: is, uh has been a love of mine from mm. uh f- you know forever, and um, part of part of coming to Queninia is you know I had all these separate interests. I had the church, I had I had church history, I had the theater, I had um, all of the, but they were like separate. Uh, uh, boxes. Yeah, and coming to Koinonia in in a way, I could pull all of that uh, together. I yeah. did think part of the big reason I was uh, led to to uh, to Koinonia was. Because of my writing, mm. but I've been here almost 20 years and haven't had much time to write. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but, but I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping someday when it's uh, no longer my turn to sit in the chair mm-hmm. and wear yeah. the scarlet D on my forehead, yeah. that, that I yeah. will be able to be in the community writing more and, and yeah. sharing stories.
0: So. Okay, yeah. so. Mm. So tell me the year—the year that you got to America's Georgia. What what led you to get here?
1: Okay, uh, another passion of mine is um, a Montessori education.
0: Okay, and what is that? Uh,
1: Maria Montessori was a uh, actually a medical doctor, and uh, it's a long story. Just very quickly, she came upon by observation that. Um, if you give children the right environment mm-hmm. for their uh, for their stage of development, they will naturally learn. So she just continually figured out what that best environment was, and uh, it it almost became the 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 public school. Uh, Woodrow Wilson brought her over. She's wow. Ita- Italian, um, but we had World War One, and then we had World War Two. But anyway, my my children. Uh, Went through uh, a Montessori school, okay, okay, and um, so uh, at one point I had the opportunity to help them uh, at the school get the the uh, twelve to fourteen year old uh, time period, and so I was very involved. That's right. And I came to America's uh, on their their rite of passage trip. These these students Um, came here. Ah, uh, to do a uh, week of service at Habitat. Okay. And we, in fact, we helped uh, the global. It was right before the Global Village opened, mm-hmm. and so I was here with with that group of students in two thousand three.
0: Okay. Yeah. Two thousand three.
1: Right. And okay.
0: Then, so I I did miss a little bit a part of your life. So I want to go back for just a second. Okay. You mentioned kids. So tell me a little bit about uh, your husband and your children.
1: Okay. Um. Uh. Jim is just one of the most decent, uh, he's just great. I, 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 enjoy him. We have the same birthday. Yesterday was our, was our birthday as a matter of fact. birthday. That's yeah, great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, we met at the university of, of St. Thomas and, uh, was always very supportive of me and all of the things that I wanted to do. And uh, he was an English major, and he was going to go on and get his uh, Ph.D. in English. Uh, both of his parents were teachers. His uh, father was the head of the math department at University of St. Thomas, and his mother taught uh, was chair of the math department at, at the school where she, a high school where she taught. Wow. And uh, uh, so what he decided to do was to become a firefighter. Okay. So he could have a very flexible schedule, be very much a part of, of raising our children mm. and give me the flexibility to uh, go and do these, all these things that, that, that I've done. Yeah. So he spent, uh, 25 years in the fire department in, uh, uh, in Houston at the same time teaching, uh, here and there from, from third grade all the way to college. So he did do a lot of, a lot of teaching.
0: Wow. Wow. Firemen. That's a that's that's a big deal. Um I mean first first responders, good people. Mm -hmm. Uh gotta have a heart uh for people. Um and uh and just you know, I've talked to a lot of firefighters just you know um, about the things they have to experience and see and be a part of, and, mm-hmm. and just coming home, you know, and just trying to live out their lives, knowing that they're, you know, part of other people's stories. So, right. um, thank you so much for for his service because uh, it's it it helps uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's big. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're back into America's two thousand three, mm-hmm. and you go to Habitat for Humanity. How do you get connected with um, Quinnya Farm?
1: Okay, well, of course, you know. Um, Quinenia gave birth to, to Habitat. Uh, what happened was I we were packing up the car to head back to Texas. I was very anxious to get back to Texas. I had another group of students that I was going to take to Costa Rica, so I, I really needed to get back. And um, Grandma Jackie, uh, who's still here, she's totally responsible for me being at, uh, well, and God probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not probably. Yeah. Um uh she drove around the, the corner, and I th- looked up because I thought she was driving a little too fast. And I was putting the last box into the trunk. I was just about to close it. I mean, I have a visual memory of wow. this. And she says, oh, I'm so glad uh, I caught you. Um, I want you to go out and um, see where Habitat started. Mm. And, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, inside myself— you know there's that kind of dark human being where I'm going I don't want to go see some farm out in the middle of nowhere please I need to get on you know the road yeah. Yeah. and and uh, um but what I said was like a polite texan uh, yes ma'am <laughs> that's
0: right that's right and, what i was thinking was this what i said was yes ma'am yes.
1: and uh then she started giving me directions and here comes my personality flaw again because well, directions—if they're spoken to me, it's mm-hmm. it suddenly becomes a, a language that I don't understand. Sort of like Charlie Brown and the the adults. Mm-hmm. But I'm listening, and then I'm st- I start thinking, well, I'm going to try to get there. I'm trying to follow her directions. I'll make about two turns. I'll be lost, and we'll get on the road to Texas. Mm-hmm. And then out of her mouth comes. Well, some people get lost when they go out to try to find out where Koinonia is. So I'm going to have you follow me.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so uh, we went there. Uh, we were only there about 45 minutes. Mm. And I just felt something incredibly uh, wonderful and mm. special. And it meant a lot to me because I saw the the students... Uh, and these were fourteen-year-olds leaving, uh, going into their sophomore year. Okay. Um, the school at that time went through the ninth, and uh, it was like they were seeing a lot because cause Montessori is very very much about community and and taking care of each other and uh, taking care of the the larger community, and uh, you know doing what you can. Yeah. Um And uh, so I was very very. Uh, I was very moved by that experience. And so I went back and I ordered all these books about uh, Clarence Jordan's books. And, mm-hmm. and uh, then things, his talks were still on cassette tapes. So yeah, yeah. I ordered those and uh, went off to Costa Rica and... Uh, um,
0: and it was just spinning. It was it just was spinning just, the yeah. whole time.
1: And then this new group of students, we were... Um, planning the trips for the next year and I thought we should take you know one we we were a little trip heavy so I <laughs> said let's let's do not quite so many well they weren't hearing of this because you know their their classmates got to yeah. you know got to go and uh, so I I had legacy of faith which which was the um well it's what Faith Fuller made before she made Briars in the Cotton Patch, the, doc- okay. the documentary about Koinonia. Yes. It's about seven minutes or, 11, mm-hmm. I don't know, ten minutes. And mm-hmm. so I showed it to them and said, this is a place we could we could go visit, really thinking that these kids from Houston, mm-hmm. big Houston, would not have any interest in, in, in coming to Georgia. To, I don't mean anything yeah, yeah. against Georgia, but, you know, kids and teenagers. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but I forgot they were Montessori kids and they just looked at me and said, we want to go there. Yeah. And so we came back and here
0: I am. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So what, what do you tell your husband? What do you tell your kids? Like we're we're packing up We're we're, (laughs) we're moving here.
1: Well, you know, uh, Kwanonia had, had, um, kind of moved away from its communal roots in the nineties. Um, you know, I think for, For understandable reasons, but it just, it didn't work out. And uh, so it kind of went through some struggles in the 90s, different struggles than it went through in the 50s and 60s, but some struggles. And so they, they had adopted in the 90s a nonprofit business model. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing wrong with nonprofit businesses. We, we need them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it just wasn't working for Coinonia. but they still had that model. And so they were doing a national search for an, executive director. And, um, I, you know, my life was great in Houston and I had it all mm-hmm. planned out and, you know, I, I really, I had my roadmap yeah. and, uh, David Castle, who was uh, a board member who actually was living at Coinonia at that time, um, was talking to me about, about the position. And I said, you know, well, if you'd give me a job description, I'd like to pass it uh, out to a few people I know in Houston. And, uh, so he did that. And then he said, what about you? And I said, no.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so that was November of 2004, uh, 2003 in, uh, January, 2004, there was, um, uh, uh, the last weekend, last weekend of January, um, the, the board, uh, brought in the four finalists for the job. So I actually came to Koinonia the conventional way. Okay. And, um, and so we, we were, Jim and I were offered, uh, the opportunity but the the reason, you know, you ask me yeah. what did my kids say? What did my husband say? Well, when I went back in in November with this job description, firmly saying no, I was kind of joking with Jim mm-hmm. um, about you know this opportunity, and normally he he's very good at asking clarifying questions, mm. uh, but he you know he really has always encouraged me to. You know, to think and make. You know, he never t- tells me what to, you know what to do, and he didn't that time either. But I was kind of chuckling about moving to Georgia and are uh, applying for this position, and uh, and he was silent, and I, I looked over at him, and he said, "I think you should do it." Well, if he hadn't said that, I don't think I would have. Mm but, um, something moved him to say that my kids are, are, uh, uh, we have a son, daughter, son. Um, and, um, the two, our son and oldest son and daughter were pretty much out. Our youngest son was a a senior in in high school. So we were getting him all ready to, um, to go off to college. So it felt like, uh, a time that we could make a change yeah um I think uh um, they uh sometimes would joke that their their parents were going off to uh join a hippie commune. Koinonia is not a hippie commune. Yeah, I don't know. It may have been one at one time, mm-hmm. but that's not what it was founded to be. It's certainly mm-hmm. not what it is is now. Not, not that I have anything wrong with hippie communes. Yeah. I mean, I all, probably some good things happened in them, but we're, yeah. that's not what Koinonia is. And, and not the vision, uh, for going in the end. Yeah. Um, so here, here I am and yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So tell me what is, what is a, a week, a day in the life of, uh, of you, um, at, at the farm?
1: Well, every day, Monday through Friday, anyway, uh, uh, we begin our day with chapel and that's just such an incredible way to, to begin the day to, uh, to remember, um, why, why we're there? Mm. Uh, we're there to to follow uh, Jesus and to be a place of welcome, to be a place that can respond with with uh, with whatever talents we have there and whatever abilities. You know, uh, we we're always responding to the to the needs and challenges of the times usually on a very uh, small scale because we're a very small community don't have a whole lot of like financial resources or anything like that so we start with um, uh, we start with chapel at the end of chapel we always have morning circle and we kind of have announcements and what, what people will be doing that day. And there might be some people coming into town to harvest of hope or somebody going to Stewart detention center with, uh, backpacks. And now we're going to be able to visit the de- detainees again. That, that was, was right. taken away during COVID and, um, and then we go about and we do, and we, we, we have our own bakery there. So that, uh, online business is what really, uh, provides us our, our main source of income, but we are a place of hospitality. So we have all these visitors that come all the time. Yeah. And, um, so we're always doing different projects on the farm. We're doing, um, uh, Hospitality. Mm -hmm. And we have an internship program. So we have uh, three different terms, um, groups of interns that that come through. And so it has a study component and service component and work component. So we're doing that. And uh, sustainable farming. Uh, Actually, that is the hardest one. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Because um, um, sustainable farming requires a farmer and, uh, farm, farmers have to come and stay. Mm-hmm. And we certainly have more people coming and, and going mm-hmm. than we have coming and staying because in the nineties, uh, when we went through that, a uh, uh, lot of great people, but a lot of the people that were there for the community, uh, moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's going to take, I think, a long time. It it has been taking a long time to kind of rebuild that that core group of people that uh, that will stay there yeah. and do all the things that that we do. We we are very much um, relationship. Uh, we've always been focused on relationship, but we're very very careful not getting into programs mm-hmm. because the person that's passionate about the program you know, might move on. And then there you have that program and no one to, to you know, to run it. And you yeah. can really disappoint a lot of people that way. Yeah. Um, so, and I do a lot of traveling and and talking uh, about, um, about you know, different, well, about Koinonia, of course, but but other things as well. I try to spend a certain amount of my week writing, um and talking i'm i am i'm actually a um certified whatever that means spiritual director so i spend a time one on one with people um mm-hmm. and um uh we always have lunch together yeah. uh it, and, uh, that's a joy with, you know, with guests and visitors. Um, and thank you for coming out. And yes, you yes. did the short tour, but you need to come back for the long tour.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I got yeah. a chance to, uh, to watch the, watch the film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, briars and the cotton patch. I did mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I need, definitely need to come back out there and yeah. finish. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, since we're talking about Quinenia, let's, let's just do some basis stuff as far as what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What is, what does Quinenia mean?
1: Uh, Quinenia is a new Testament Greek word and it means communion. It means fellowship. It means community. Um, and my understanding mm-hmm. is that first, you know, Jesus the Jew and his Jewish apostles, and then it kind of morphed into the way, people following the way, mm-hmm. the way being Jesus, and then it was referred to as the koinonia, mm-hmm. so the church, and then it was the church. Mm-hmm. So koinonia is, is uh, it's, it's what the early church uh, was, was called bef- before it became church.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and how did that how did that start? When did that start? Kind of give me a, just a, you know, just a, a brief run a uh, uh, run through how it how, started. How
1: Coinonia started? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Clarence Jordan was a from Talbotton, Georgia, mm-hmm. and just down the road and um, or up the road. I can't remember which direction it is. Somebody seeing this will will tell yes. me what direction it is. Yeah. He um, came from a good southern background, um, uh, upper middle class. Um, but he decided he wanted to pursue agriculture because he really felt like if he knew more about scientific farming, he could go and and uh, be involved with, with the tenant farmers, still tenant farmers then, black and white, and, and bring some of this scientific knowledge uh, to farming. And... But as he approached the end of his undergraduate degree, uh, um, he felt a call to the, to the ministry. So he went to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. And got his PhD. Um, he became a New, uh, New Testament Greek scholar. So the guy was brilliant, charismatic, um, died way too young mm-hmm. at only 57. Uh, so he had this, he wanted to, um, uh, he thought if small groups of people would uh, come together, live like the early church lived, share things, because if you share things, then you have more things that you can, that other people might need. Yeah, And uh, so he, uh, and his wife Florence and another couple, Martin and Mabel England decided to, to do this experiment in Christian living, mm. uh, which the experiment was you open the acts of the apostles and there's, there's this description. So he was trying to do what scripture said, taking it, taking it literally. Yeah. And so they, uh, came in, uh, officially in november nineteen forty two is uh so so Quinney had just turned uh eighty years old wow so so he had a vision of of being a community of of people um, uh, praying working serving um, and the farming was huge um he brought the uh um, the chicken business as i understand <laughs> it to southwest georgia he and people would come to see um, because he had so many chickens and they were all laying and how, how, how did he do that? Yeah. And he shared this knowledge uh, with, with others and um, in the area. And uh, but farming was the way that the community earned a living. And then there, there, you know, some, it was just a different time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when um, um, Quantity had gotten in trouble cause it, you know, really practiced um, all people, no matter their race, background, et cetera, whatever, our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And at that time it was not, it was frowned upon, mm-hmm. more than frowned upon, yeah. to uh, sit at table with a person, with, if you were white, to sit with a person that was black. Mm-hmm. And so Koinonia got into trouble, um, had a lot of visits from, from the Klan, and... Um, so it was a hard time, but Quindinia tried to be faithful. Um, mm-hmm. Never returned any violence with violence. Then, uh, then an economic boycott was. Um, the people wanted Quindinia to to leave because um, it's kind of stirring things up in ways that that people weren't comfortable with, and you know I can certainly understand that. And but Quindinia felt like you know we needed to be faithful to our understanding of, of what scripture says. Hmm. And uh, so there was an economic boycott and no one would sell to or buy from Koinonia, at least not out in the light. Yeah, There was some help in the, in the darkness. Um,
0: what were they, what was Koinonia selling at the time?
1: Well, I mean, we had at the time um, a roadside stand where we had hams, uh, chickens and, and we had what was called a candy kitchen. And, you know, we had different, you know, fruitcake and different things like that. And that, that roadside stand was, uh, blown up not once, but twice. (laughs) Uh, but what happened when the boycott, um, someone suggested the mail order, you can send through things through the mail uh, so Quinnea started doing that. So we had a mail order business, which of course now is m- morphed into an online uh, yeah. business.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Even though we do have a, a store on site as well as online. So.
0: So when when that um, when that boycott happened, how did how did Quirinia survive? Um.
1: I think by being faithful. Uh, A lot of people left. I mean, it was just, you know, really dangerous. Um, It's a miracle that somebody wasn't killed. So it got, the community got very uh, small, but it had this, uh, uh, we now call it the bakery. And then it was called the candy kitchen. I sort of like candy kitchen a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I don't know. I don't know when the name changed, but uh, it did. And, um, uh, so that's how it survived, and it continued to be a place of, of welcome. And, you know, we have a lot of college groups that come. We mm-hmm. have, like I say, visitors from all over the world. I was just writing today to a couple uh, who are from Greece who came to do our um, our internship program yeah. with us. And wow. uh, they were here in the spring of 2020, so yeah. so we know, know what happened then. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I was just thinking about, um, a word. Um, so I, I try to pull out different values, um, that we see on the podcast. Um, because I think that being what we would call a next level neighbor, Mm -hmm. uh, is someone who has certain values. Um, I think, uh, one of, one of the most important ones is the idea or the value of wonder, because, um, when we get a chance to really hear people's story, it, it, it means that we're interested in such a way that it draws people to share. Um, and I think like that's, that's the core of that, uh, being a next level neighbor is wonder, wonderment, um, not assuming that, you know, people not assuming, but just really, uh, asking questions and getting to know people. Uh, and then there's other things like sacrifice. But one of the words that I thought about when I read about Clarence, Jordan, was this idea of resilience. Uh, I read a book um, over the past year and a half called, I think it's called The Infinite Game by a guy named Simon Sinek, And the basics of it is that sometimes we play the finite game, which is wins and loses, you know, wins and losses, and, and we're constantly going this. But if we play the infinite game, it's how does our organization or business or just our family how do we actually just survive let's let's stop thinking about wins and losses and let's just keep playing the game Mm -hmm. we want to just keep playing the game and and he uses that terminology but when i think about quinania i think about you know clarence was thinking about the long game he wasn't just thinking about okay are we winning or losing today Mm -hmm. it was we want this idea of community to survive And so we're just going to keep learning how to do that. And if this gets taken away or if this gets pushed, we still want to continue to do what we need to do. And so uh, that was one of the things that I just noticed about him. What are some things, some values that you think about when you think about Clarence?
1: Well, he was, uh, I mean, is a a word that I um, have already used several times. He was very faithful, very faithful to um, his understanding of Scripture And he was a New Testament Greek scholar, a scholar. So he was reading, uh, he knew what the words meant. Uh And I think he fell in love with the word, the capital W. And he really, um, he persevered. Um, He gave of himself. He uh, worked very hard, both, Mm -hmm. both, both his intellect and his, ability to be a farmer. I mean, what a great mm-hmm. uh, combination. I mean, he was a scholar farmer Yeah, and, uh, um, and he made himself available. Um, he, uh, was a sought after speaker, not so much in Georgia during mm-hmm. that, that time at first he was, yeah. but, yeah. but then th- that period he, he wasn't. And, but he traveled all over the country and, uh, really, um, challenging people, I think in, in a, in a good way Mm -hmm. about, you know, if you're going to um, be a follower of Jesus, then, you know, put on the flesh. Yeah. Uh, um, Don't, you know, put, you know, make Jesus pretty and put him up in heaven and I'll see you in the by and by it's like, what are you doing right now? Mm. And uh, doing the best you can um, to, uh, be in relationship with people. Be a neighbor uh, to yeah. people. Uh, one of the the stumbling, uh, I'll be honest with you, one of the, the stumbling blocks for me is I've spent so much time at Queninia, going away from Queninia, talking to people, uh, you know, giving talks here and there, and then being back at Queninia and trying to to um, do my work there on, physically on the farm and all the visitors that are coming. Um, but if I had to do it all over again, I would spend more time out in the Americas community. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that the last half of my, of my time as a, uh, uh, as a community member at, mm-hmm. at Koinonia, which we did return to the original vision. We had uh, in 2005, we returned to the original vision. So um, uh i am uh, a community member i do live there yeah and um i you know spending more time with with the, with the people and with with the neighbors um but, but Koinonia um, and, and clarence clarence was just a man He was a man of uh I, I, this is kind of cl- cliche now but he was a man of action he <laughs> he lived it he didn't just talk it he he lived yeah. it and uh
0: yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I, um, when I think about, um, you know, Americus, um, I have been encouraged by where it's at since yeah. reading material like that and kind of mm-hmm. seeing the history. What do you think about, how do you think Clarence would respond now to the way that things are?
1: Probably the same way he responded then. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, he was, he was a funny man. Uh uh, smart. Oh, so smart. And a good neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, and he would, he would be a good neighbor yeah. and he would go and do what he could do with the resources, uh, he had. Yeah, I mean, it was his idea to, um, uh, uh, start this fund uh, for humanity and this fund for humanity would do a number of things. And one of the, one of those things was Build houses, yeah, and of yes. course that became well. At first, it was Koinonia partnership housing, and then it, you know, then it ultimately went on from you know Koinonia and became
0: absolutely Habitat, absolutely. and now we
1: have the Fuller Center for Housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so many things were birthed at at um, at Koinonia. Yes, yes. Um, so, sort of this uh, incubator, mm-hmm. and lots of people from Koinonia have gone on to do really great great, uh, yeah. great work.
0: Do you think that, um, if, if he were to see now, um, for example, just Americas as a city, uh, and see how, how it's integrated, we know that there's still things that we need to continue to grow and progress in, mm-hmm. but do you think that he would be happy about that? Or do you think that he would have a continual drive to see some other things happen as well?
1: I think he would have continual, uh, drive, mm-hmm. um, um yeah, I I think uh, he was a pretty challenging guy, not in yeah. an arrogant way, but mm-hmm. he really tried to live it. And a lot of people that really try to live it down deep into their bones get into trouble. So he'd probably yeah. be in trouble.
0: If yeah, that's that right. Something. That's right. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, let me ask you this: What are some uh, you, you had mentioned a little bit? Uh, but what are some common misconceptions when think of, when people think about cornelia?
1: Oh gosh. Um, uh, well, um, I think, you know, they think of hippie commune, um, which depending on your age, some people wouldn't think uh hippie commune is such a bad thing, mm-hmm. but they, they, um, they don't see the connection between, um, Koinonia and being, um, dedicated to live like Jesus asked us to live. That's all we're trying to do. And yeah. I'm not saying that other people aren't doing it in their walks mm-hmm. of life, but that's what we're trying to do uh, at uh, at Koinonia. And um, I guess because of my Montessori background and some, some other background yeah. things that I have, living in community isn't a, in a, isn't strange to me. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to other parts of the world and you have families, uh, extended families living together and you have villages, you know, so it it's, it may not be a, um, a, um, um, well, I I just think it's, it's, um, um, we're like everybody else except we live on houses on a piece of a piece of land and we are welcoming people and we're trying to do different projects and we're trying to serve people the best we can with the number of people uh, that we have. Um, It's not, uh, uh, it's just not, it's not, I, you know, I've, I've met some people and I think it's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. I invite people to come out. It's, you were just people.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't get, yes. get more people than this. Yes. Yeah, so. That's right. That's yeah. right.
0: So Well, if someone uh were looking to uh become a part, uh, whether that's a participant or even a um a member of the Quinilla family, mm-hmm. um, what are some ways that people can, can connect?
1: Yes. Um well first of all people here in america's uh come to lunch come yeah. out for a for a tour I and mean, we have many people who do but yeah but you can you can just uh, you know give us a call go on the website um set a time so we can make sure we make an, enough extra food mm-hmm. and uh, come have have lunch with us so that's one way um to become a member is is a is a process mm-hmm. um It, you you can't just walk in and and become a member. You, it's, it's a, it's a real commitment and Mm -hmm. it, it, um, um, it, it takes a while to go through the process of becoming a member, but we have an internship program. Mm -hmm. Um, we have people from Americas who have done the internship, um, People from Greece, I just mentioned. Yeah. People yeah. from Germany, but all you know, mostly people from the United States, and and it's not just an internship uh, for young people, mm-hmm. uh, though. You know, quite a few people they can take a little more time when they're, yeah, when they're a little bit younger yeah yeah. yeah. So um, they come as a as an intern. We also have something called CSAS, which is okay. come stay a while and serve program. And we have, in fact, our new CSAS program starts this weekend, and we have about, uh, oh, how many people, uh, like 10, coming, mm. you know, for that. Yeah. And uh, so that's a way to get involved. And if, then if someone becomes interested in becoming a member, there is a process by which um, you do that. You um, are, are first a novice, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, you know, there's, there's steps until – until you make your, your final commitment and your final commitment is just as far as the eye can see. Yeah, Um, You know, we're not uh, asking for life vows or anything Mm -hmm. like that.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask you this. When people ask uh, you about Americus, how do you describe Americus?
1: Oh, um, well, I often uh, describe it uh, by talking about about Sumter players. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're my, there, there you go. There yep. are in Cafe Campesino uh-huh. and, uh, Fuller Center for Housing and Habitat uh, for Humanity. Cause those are the, the yeah. you know, those are the places I, I know I wish I was more involved with Sumter players. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the one, the one play I, I did there, but, um, I, and I love that we have, uh, two colleges here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. When you think about maybe the next 10 to 15 years, uh, you know, considering Americus as a city, what, what are some things that you hope for?
1: I would... Again, this is probably... Um, well, not probably. It, it ha- absolutely has to be. The, I wish we would um, uh, get a annual play that draws people from all over the world. Mm, yeah. I wish we would get an annual film festival to draw draw people from all over the world. There's nothing, I I usually think pretty, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm yeah. very practical. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I'm very yeah. practical but, you know, when yeah. you give me you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I love to um, I um I um so you know i'm I, I just wish we would find ways um to do things more you know more things to together mm. and uh and maybe I'm just speaking because because as i say i travel yeah. a, a lot and yeah. then i'm at the farm and and there's probably a lot more to do um together with <laughs> yeah. other people yeah. other than people at the farm um but um i I just have a lot of, of, uh, respect and love, uh, for Americas. And I think it is a place that is, I mean, just in, you know, someone from Koinonia to see the growth that, uh, um, that has happened, but, but I, we have a long way to go. Mm Um, and, uh, I, I wish, the races would come together more mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about, um, not honoring each other's, uh, you know, cause sometimes races coming together. It means let's all melt down and look more like me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I don't mean that at yeah. all. I think everybody has, has their beautiful traditions and, and, uh, yeah. you know, I'd like to see our, our, uh, public schools more, um, mm-hmm. you know, integrated, um, um, I, it's just, I really fell in love uh, with Amer- with Americas, and I hope um, as I probably entered my last years at, at yeah. Koinonia that that I get to do more in a, in Americas and getting to know the people in Americas. And yes. someone else can sit in my chair and do yeah. all the traveling. Yeah. And, and that's do, right. That's do right. The speaking engagements and things like that. So, well,
0: with what I've I've heard from you, uh, even the last the last few times that we've just discussed, I think you would be a great asset. Um, just as you continue to to get more and more involved in the city, um, and see some of those things even come to light. Let me yeah. ask you this: um, what What are some basic principles that Quinnea does uh, that? as that that you could share with us to help us be better neighbors in our own communities, whether it's in our street or just in a larger context, what are Mm -hmm. some principles that would just be, be helpful for, uh, just a a neighbor? Uh,
1: we try to make time for each other and for people, for, for our, uh, visitors, for our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, we try to, I mean, we work hard, but we try to work at a, I'll, Tell a quick story. Okay. Um, Clarence Jordan and Millard Fuller, uh, who was a member of Coinonia that went on to found uh, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Um, uh, Millard was a young man. He met Clarence, and he was firing all these questions. And they were they were um, packing uh, uh, pecans, um, and uh, uh, finally uh, Millard was was asking so many questions and finally Clarence, you know, just kind of sat down on the, on the bag of pecans or a, a stool there or something. And, and, uh, uh, Miller said, Oh, oh Clarence, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm keeping you from a, your work. I, I, I apologize. I'm just, you know, talking your ear off. And Clarence said, um, people are more important than pecans. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Quentinia just has this, this, um, uh we want to we want to be in relationship with each other and with with other people mm. um so that's uh one thing that we do yeah, uh, hospitality good. is huge and, and you know i think america's is a, hosp- a hospitable place but yeah. but Koinonia it, we really welcome um this whole idea that, you know, Mm. you may be welcoming angels or you may be welcoming Jesus himself. So, so we we are a place of welcome. So I think that's very important. We're also, um, this is a little more controversial. Uh, We are really trying to learn how to uh, grow um, pecans without uh, fungicides, insecticides, um, but we're trying to grow things naturally mm-hmm. and it's a long, hard experiment as any other, uh, yeah. pecan farmer around here will tell you, but we really try to, we focus on the soil and we try, we're trying to get our soil as, as, uh, healthy as possible because mm-hmm. doesn't it make sense that, that healthy food would come out of healthy soil. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a lot of that kind of, uh, that kind of work. Uh, yeah. I was able to, um, uh, got invited and was able to teach a playwriting course at, uh, at Georgia Southwestern. I you know uh, I wish um, that's great. The whole theater thing was still going on there, yeah. and that I could, would have another chance to. So Quinney is always doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like I say, responding yeah. to. We're very humble, very quiet, very small, but we really we really want to be in relationship and do what we can with the people that, that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely sounds like hospitality. Um, but with that there's intentionality, which mm-hmm. means that you create space for new environments, for new people to come in. And mm-hmm. I think being a, a next level neighbor, being a, just a good neighbor, uh, following the ways of Jesus is you have to do it in such a way, in such a pace that you almost have to be ready for the urgent and have time for it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and we don't really live in a world, uh, in a culture that, um, gives you guiltless margin. It's just not, it's not available. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're not doing something, that means you're being lazy, (laughs) but if we don't create margin, then it's hard to be available to people. Uh, and that—that's what it sounds like to me—is you're you're being hospitable, you're being intentional with that hospitality, so that you can bring other people in um, just when they're just ready. Right. Um, and so I think those things are huge. I thank you all so much for what you guys have done, what that means for this city, um, with it going, you know. Uh, all the turmoil and the tension that's been there but at the same time how it's going to continue to stay here and be a great reminder of what community looks like um so let me ask you this as we kind of wrap up um what's a what what how do you describe um your 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 favorite time of year what's what's your favorite time of year
1: well even before coming to uh koinonia i love the fall okay Uh, just a beautiful time. Well, at Koinonia, um, we earn most of our budget in two months, November and December, because of our online, online business. But Mm -hmm. in the fall, um, uh, just the change, of course, weather's kind of unpredictable right now, but I love how it suddenly becomes cooler Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, everybody's so focused at Koinonia on uh, the pecan harvest and making the things in the bakery and then shipping um, the, shipping the nuts out of Georgia or yeah. within Georgia. Yeah. And uh, so I, I love the fall at, at Koinonia. And I say that, and then I instantly think about the spring when we have, you know, spring break groups coming. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. We, you know, we have guest housing, we have, um, you know, you know I hope a lot of people that uh, that are hearing this uh, yeah. will come out for a tour sign up for a tour and, and come out and and see us and yeah uh, absolutely what what's, what's the lunch. website called if they want coin farm dot okay
0: all right that's how you can get connected to that um, yeah absolutely go to lunch um, consider uh, their internship um uh, and consider just going and, and supporting them and just posting something about them if you get a chance. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you this. I got, I got two more questions. What are you currently reading right now uh, when you have time to read? Right. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the duties I have uh, or one of the privileges I have uh, is I'm also the internship coordinator. So okay. I'm very close to the, to the day-to-day uh, life of that program and the, and the people involved in that program. And we just, uh, finished a book by Jamar Tisby on how to fight, uh, racism, uh, which really, um, uh, even living at Koinonia, even, even living in America's, mm-hmm. e- even with my Montessori background and my, it, it was a, it was an eye opener. Wow. And, um, another one we, uh, we read, um, uh, I'm hoping I'm getting the title, uh, right. The art of affection by Wendell Berry. Okay. So this, you know, this farmer, we do read, we, we do read about farming at, uh, at Koinonia, and, yeah. but he was, he's such a philosopher and, uh, um, uh, such a lover of the, of the land. And, wow. uh, so those two, those are the two that just popped into my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, just just summarize for me, I know we've talked about it in the bits and pieces, when you hear the word community, what does that mean to you?
1: It means joy to <sighs> me. It means people uh, coming together. It means um, uh, raising a barn. I guess we don't raise barns too much anymore, but... Uh, Uh, I mean, in ways, Quinone has raised a lot of barns. We started Mm. helping people with home repairs, and then let's let's start building houses. And Mm. uh, um, it means um, uh, it means to people the petty side of people, and uh, you know. But when you make a commitment to each other, Mm -hmm. uh, you you've made a promise to. Um to talk it out, yeah, and to it's so easy in I think in the in the us not so much in rural, maybe that's why I like the rural
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh life better is but you know I it's it's if, if suddenly you suddenly don't like somebody or you don't like this church or you don't like you don't you just move, you just go away, mm-hmm. but in community you've made a at least. An intentional community like Koinonia, uh, but I think I've seen it beyond Koinonia for sure. Mm. You are there for the good times and the bad times.
0: Yeah, and uh,
1: you're you're you make a commitment to um, to work it out. Yeah. So we serve God at and place uh, at and through this place called Koinonia, and uh, uh, we're there to support each other and to support um, uh, our. Town as much as we can, and in, in the ways we can, most of which, as as I say, are very very small and quiet. So. Yeah.
0: Oh, I just I I, I just had a question um, that just kind of popped up in my mind because uh, we're talking about community, then we talk about church. Is uh, is Quinnea is it a is it a church? Is it a family that goes to a church, or what right, is that dynamic? Right. Uh, it's
1: we function as a house church. As I said, we begin with chapel every morning and then we have gathered worship on Sunday evening. But the thing I love about Koinonia is is almost from the beginning is that uh, they also went to churches in, in town, if you will. Yeah. And uh, so we all, I mean, we are Baptist and and Lutheran and uh, Mennonite and Catholic and uh, and I yeah. love that and, yeah. and all of these different um, denominations, if you will, can come together and live together in 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 peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can yeah. get along, wow. and, but it's also wonderful to to go out on. Uh, Depending on which tradition you're in, you go out on S- Saturday to church or or Sunday to uh, to church, and you have because Quinnyia was never meant to be an island. Mm-hmm. It was always about being a, a neighbor and reaching out and being involved. And uh, I mean, we've had periods of Quinnyia's history before we kind of lost the communal part and in the nineties where school teachers, they were school teachers, they were, uh, nurses. Uh, yeah, yeah so
0: yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's, <laughs> that's a good clarifying question for me too. Uh, well, listen, Bryn, thank you so much for coming on our podcast, for sharing a little bit of your story and telling us a little bit about the past of Quintanilla and also just kind of where it is right now and, and the hopes of it for the future. And I'm so glad to be a, a part of this community. Um, and I just, I get to take some of the principles that, uh, that you even share today and just continue to live out in my neighborhood so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming and joining us
1: thanks for the invitation i appreciate it and you need to come back to koinonia for the long tour that's
0: right and that (laughs) is called hospitality yes so thank you so much thanks all right thank you that was great bren thank you so much